Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation, Growing Up Iruni interview with Ari Rastagar. Salam Behamigi, this is Leila Shams. I'm the host of Chai and Conversation, and I'm excited to share with you today my interview with Ari Rastegar, a well-known and prolific real estate investor here in Austin, Texas. I first became aware of Ari because his name started showing up everywhere in publications, especially during COVID, as being the Oracle of Austin and really knowing real estate investing in this town. To his credit, he grew up here in Austin, so he wasn't one of these outside investors. He's different than interview subjects I usually talk to, but I was interested in talking to him for a couple of reasons. First, he is half Iranian, so obviously that fits in with my theme. But also, I felt like there was something quintessentially Iranian about the way he ran his business. He, his logo, it's very Iranian. The way he sometimes speaks in metaphors and poetry, very Iranian. In general, I was intrigued and I wanted to hear how being Iranian has influenced the way he is, if at all. I have to say I really enjoyed talking to him and I was really surprised by a lot of what he had to say and especially surprised given the fact that he's half Iranian and his dad is the Persian parent, that he speaks fluent Persian and that he's even passing the Persian language onto his quarter Iranian children. Here are the methods he and his dad used to make this happen in the interview. And a quick note. This was recorded pre-Masa Amini in Iran, so I've been sitting on this interview for a while and felt it was not quite appropriate to release it earlier. But if you're wondering why the revolution doesn't come up at all in this interview, that's why. It was early September when we recorded. And with that, let's listen to my interview with Ari Rastegar, Oracle of Austin. So Ari Rastegar, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you're my Hamshahri, which means you, we live in the same town. We're in Austin. I've been here since 2001, and it sounds like you were born here and kind of left and came back. That's exactly right. 1982 and kind of left and came back and forth, and now I'm back to stay. Nice. Awesome. Well, so I first read about you in Forbes. They called you the Oracle of Austin. You're a real estate mogul here now, <laughs> and uh, you've kind of pivoted. You studied English literature, and you had a company where you put on events, and now you've pivoted to this real estate world, which which is a very Iranian world, too, I have to say. Very much. Yeah. So I've listened to your talks about entrepreneurship, and you're kind of in like the Tony Robbins world and that kind of stuff. But I wanted to talk to you about this whole aspect of you being half Iranian, because in one article that recently came out in Austin Monthly, they interviewed Angelus Angelou, who's the chief executive officer of Angelou Economics, and they quoted him as saying, I've been impressed with Iranian ingenuity and entrepreneurship. Some of the smartest, brightest people I've seen are Iranian entrepreneurs who flourished in the U.S. And that really stood out to me. There was like a couple mentions of you being Iranian in that article. So I wanted to talk to you about your perspective on that, about your background, you know, if you feel like that is an important part of you. So I'm excited to, to hear about that. So first, tell me, where did you where were you born? Where did you grow up? So I was born here in Austin, Texas. My mother has a German background and my father is fully Iranian. And they came over here before the revolution to study. So my dad, my two uncles, and my aunt had come over here in the mid-70s to study at University of Texas and, and at St. Edwards. 
And then the revolution broke out in 1979 and they never returned. To your question about kind of the comment and, and Austin Monthly is, you know, my Iranian heritage is so much of my identity. You know, I, I actually spoke Farsi before I spoke English. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so my father, you know, would say in Farsi, So kind of translate is, you know, at school you can speak English, but at home you're going to speak Farsi. And he had this, you know, unfortunate kind of inkling that the Iran that he knew or that my, you know, my family knew wouldn't ever be the Iran that, that we would see. And I think gauging by the past 40 years, um, unfortunately, it's kind of trended in the wrong direction to him being right. And so he was very important for him for me to learn about the culture, certainly to learn the language and to speak the language natively. So it's been very much, you know, within my DNA, you know, both physiologically, but also in just my identity as a human being. And, you know, this Iranian ingenuity you see throughout the United States in various businesses. I mean, if you go into like pocket communities like Great Neck in New York or in Beverly Hills, in California, you see just massive pockets of Iranians doing really special things. Being in real estate is a little bit cliched for Iranians. A lot of Iranians are in real estate. And the joke is you go through education, either you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer first. And I am an attorney by trade, you know, admittedly. Uh, and then from there, you know, there's only like a few, you know, career paths that are culturally acceptable. One is being an engineer and the other kind of <laughs> being a doctor, a lawyer, and maybe in real estate if you do really, really well. But there's right. this hyper level of competitiveness within kind of Iranian culture. And, you know, not necessarily the competitiveness with the folks next door, which you're cognizant of that to some degree, but it's this competitiveness with yourself, uh, with your family, and not in a you know adversarial way, but in a way that's you know, really healthy to grow. And as you mentioned earlier, I'm a big proponent of, of self-help, of whether it's Tony Robbins. I've had my own life coach, Lauren Zander, for 11 years, who I speak with, you know, almost daily to work on any and everything I can to better myself, better my mentality, make my goals more concrete. But this is something that absolutely proliferates within the culture tremendously. As you get really close with most Iranians, you'll see that they are very, very, very driven. So the comment in Austin Monthly was very kind, but also very accurate. That's so interesting. Well, you're the first person I've talked to, actually, whose father was able to teach their child the language. I haven't talked to anybody else. I also have a series called Raising Nimirunis, Raising Half Iranian Children. Cool. I ask about that because I'm married to an American. You're married to an American. Like a lot of us are having half Iranian children. You are half Iranian. But I've noticed that when the father is Iranian, the chances of speaking Farsi are much lower, very low. So how was he able to do it? My parents divorced when I was two years old to make it even more bizarre. I mean, I lived with my mom till I was, you know, almost 10 and then came to live with my dad from sixth grade through graduating high school. I think it has to do also with just those first kind of nascent years. In those first years, Farsi was the predominant language in the house. And even so that my mother, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, German mom still speaks a pretty good amount of Farsi. I mean, her- Oh, um, and she's her, an immigrant too. Is that right? Yeah. She was actually was born in Hawaii. She learned enough Farsi to where both of my half brothers speak a decent amount of Farsi and my stepfather still speaks a pretty decent amount of Farsi. Like more than, I mean, more than one or two words enough to where you would be a little bit taken aback at, I wouldn't want to say, you know, they speak fluently or anything like that, but enough to be like, okay. So my dad, I give him a lot of credit for doing that. Yeah. It was so important to him and he proved it. 
I was talking to your brother before the call, and he was saying your mother could cook Iranian food. And absolutely, she, was she still can. Amazing. Absolutely That's really interesting. So he grew up with that culture as well. It was really lucky for me in hindsight having having that. And、um, my eldest daughter Victoria, who you know, you know, looks more like my mom than anything, with you know the you know light brown hair and crystal blue eyes, and she is so proud of her Iranian heritage. And she speaks. I mean, she was speaking Farsi at two, three years old, and Knows again more. I would say a lot more than a handful of words, but she's you know she's very proud of her heritage, and it's permeated into the next generation. Which as it goes down, it kind of dilutes a little bit because technically she's only a quarter Iranian, you know. Because my wife is, you know, her father is from Spain, her mother's from Guatemala, and me being half, like so, she's technically a quarter. Yet she's very conscious of her culture and very proud of it, and very proud to learn the words. And she does her yekdoses, and you know it's something that she has her own desire learn about it, which is really, really special to watch. Hey everyone, Layla here with a quick message. I wanted to let you know that if you are interested in learning the Persian language, the solution is here for you. Chayan Conversation is the most complete resource available for people looking to learn the Persian language. Maybe you grew up in an Iranian household and weren't taught the language, or you have an Iranian partner and you want to understand their culture better, or you're just interested in Iranian culture. Whatever your reason for wanting to learn the Persian language, you now have an easy way to dive into it. Our conversational Persian lessons are absolutely free on our podcast. Just search for Chayan Conversation anywhere you get your podcast and start with lesson one. We're looking forward to you joining us. Right, and you asked me when I first reached out to you if there's like classes for Iranian kids here in Austin and everything. I don't have patience for that. I'm, I'm about to have my third kid also, but congratulations! <laughs> like, I don't have patience to teach kids, but my mom does that. But I was very curious. I'm super surprised by the fact that you can speak fluently and like. No, my Farsi is English. Yeah, I'm. Wow. Is that one I believe? Are really Aliya? Okay, I had no idea. This is very surprising to me. Because, like I said, it's the father thing. I was like, well, his father is Iranian. That means, like, more than likely, and a lot of people in our generation. I was born in eighty three, so we're same years too. I'm your elder. I'm your elder. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people in our generation also kind of, you know, they were shell shocked from the revolution, and、yeah. they wanted to assimilate as quickly as possible, and so a lot of people lost that language, and you know, a lot of my students now. Are people our age who are resentful of the fact that they can't speak it? It's really on the parents. I mean, as a parent of you know children ranging from two to nine years old, so much of this early education is just purely the parents' responsibility. So if the、mm -hmm. children aren't speaking Farsi, the parents didn't teach them, or they didn't make it a priority. And it was the most important thing to my father. Wow, what did he do? He actually, it's a really funny story. So he said everything in both languages. So he literally spoke and would say, "You know, we're gonna go drive." Mom doesn't mean to machine or you know whatever. It, it just everything was repeated over to finally at like I want to say nine or ten years old. I'm like, "Baba, I speak English and Farsi. Like, just pick one." Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I like everything、wow. is, and that was his methodology. And still to this day, it's still kind of ingrained. Well, he'll speak to me a little in Farsi, then he'll basically repeat mostly what he said again in English, and then complete the statement in English. Or vice versa. That was his teaching mechanism. Just say everything twice. That's really interesting because, like, one of my problems with just speaking Farsi with my kids, which I try to do, is that it leaves my husband out. But if you're doing that, then you're not like 
sarkubi nice, that you're not like hitting them in the head with it. That's an amazing method. Wow. It's really smart. Yeah. But I meant in general, like, what did your father do for a living? Like, what was his trajectory here? So he's an attorney. Okay. He went to law school a little bit later. He graduated from law school when I was in high school. But yeah, he's a practicing attorney in Dallas. Okay. So now being half Iranian yourself, like, why do you feel like it's so important for your kids to know the language? I think everybody should have a certain amount of, you know, of pride, not in a distasteful way, but being proud of you know, where they come from, whatever their heritage is, and understanding, you know, Mark Twain used to say, and I use this quote very often, the history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. And learning about different cultures and where you came from or learning about the past is often very indicative of the future, or it kind of cues to what the future is going to be. So in learning about our heritage, learning about our past, learning about our parents' lives, our grandparents' lives, and so forth, you begin to kind of self-educate and you learn things about yourself, maybe little idiosyncrasies or habits or tastes or things that you have, you start to realize that there is a certain amount of epigenetics or genetic memory that you carry along with you. So the more that you learn about your heritage, the more you learn about your culture, the more you learn about yourself. What about German? Do you know German as well? You know, it's funny that you say that. Back to the parenting thing, I don't. I never learned German. I know a good amount, but not nearly as much as I know about the Iranian culture. And I credit that to my father, obviously, of, of instilling that deep desire and that, you know, and the pride for our culture into my mind and into my heart. But the more that I delved into it, the more you realize the rich history of the Iranian culture. I mean, it's, you know, quite literally the oldest civilization, the oldest like written civilization in the history of the world. So when you go back and you start looking at all these different you know, technologies or you know, things about governments and kings and monarchies and imperialists, you start to see that it intersects hard into Iranian culture. So seeing that origin story and the richness of the culture is infectious. And the more that you learn about it, the more that you want to learn. Wow. And this is also very interesting because I so I started this project 11 years ago and there really aren't that many resources available at the time. Like there was really not that many resources available to learn Persian, especially conversational Persian, like Rosetta Stone, Pimsleur, all these things teach very like formal written Persian, which, you know, is very different than how we speak. And so over the years, I've thought I'm just, you know, one person and my business partner, like when the two of us are working and, you know, surely someone will come with a lot of resources and kind of blow us out of the water and create some sort of resource that, you know, does a lot better than us or something. But it hasn't happened. and. Over the past few years, I've developed this theory that because there are sanctions against Iran and there's not a lot of like tijarat or like business happening with Iran, no one has an economic incentive to teach the Persian language. But now like talking to you, I feel like you're saying that it's a big part of your identity as a business person. Absolutely. Another link is that Persian is very poetic language. There's a lot of poetry in it. It's a romantic language. A lot of people don't know that Farsi is actually a rom is one of the romantic languages. They kind of right. you know mischaracterize it with Arabic or these other languages and the the sounds, the tonality, even the way, you know, words are. If you translate a lot of, you know, Farsi phrases, you'll see that they have this very poetic turn to them or something that and even certain things might be you know exaggerated to make a point and so it has this in this beauty i've characterized it as like the french of the middle east that's the only way that i've been able to kind of characterize it, it just when you hear it spoken 
you just like, wow, that, that just, it just sounds good. Or you hear French or you don't know any, a word that a native couple in Paris are speaking. You're like, wow, that sounds, you know, sounds like music, sounds like art. And, and Farsi has that same tonality to it. But I will say like you as a business person, specifically, like when I read quotes by you or I see like things that you said and also passing by your building all the time on 8th and I-35, like you have these very poetic quotes. It's a part of your business practice. And it sounds like, you know, through talking to you right now, it sounds like you've really taken that history, that, you know, poetry and really embedded it into your business. Like, yeah, absolutely. So my theory of like it not being good for a like like business purposes is incorrect it seems like no it's innate to who i am and i think that the more again because of government or media or you know whatever you see the sometimes the majority opinion of certain things not just you know iran or the culture just in general tend to get bastardized and i think that's really what's happened here because when people start to really learn about persian history start to really learn about the culture and try the foods and you know, hear the language and learn them, they, it, you immediately see the, the richness and the depth. And, you know, again, I, you know, I guess I might be a little bit biased, but in all honesty, it's there. And I see it in my own daughter, who's a quarter Iranian, yet to her, she's Iranian. You ask her and she said, she's an Iranian girl. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. That's wonderful. Well, yeah, we got to get our community set up here in Absolutely. Austin so we can get these kids together and get them. I love it. Uh, yeah. So then now, I guess I wanted to ask, what is your interaction with the Iranian diaspora? Like, what is your interaction with Iranian culture? Do you hang out with your father still a lot? I'm super close to my family. I didn't have too many Iranian friends growing up. In LA, we, we lived in LA for a while. My wife's from LA. There's a, it was funny when I, first started spending time in LA as an adult, you know, I'd be sitting some restaurant and then hear people speaking Farsi and, I, and I'd kind of look over like, what, you know, and I, and my buddy was like, this is Tehrangelis. Like, this is not, you know, this is not, let's say it's Tehrangelis. You didn't and know that going into it? I, I mean, I had heard that there's a lot of Iranians that are there, but no, it was, it was really shocking for me and pretty cool because I never got to practice my Farsi other than, you know, with family and my grandmother passed away a few years ago and she was my, you know, my last like direct Farsi link that I only spoke Farsi with, you know, no matter what. So it was really kind of refreshing to be able to do that. I used it just as like a, as practice or as school. And in New York, as I mentioned, in the Great Net community, there's a huge Iranian culture. So you will Mostly kind of- Jewish, right? Yeah, a lot of Jewish. And Beverly Hills, a lot of Jewish Iranians too. Yeah, and they take the culture very, very seriously. Usually the kids don't speak as much, but kind of interacting with the parents, you kind of, you know, get the ability to, you know, one of my investors and very dear friends, they're Iranian and he speaks fluent Farsi. His father's professor uh, in Iran and super brilliant. And so it's been a great treat to spend time with them, someone that's my same age and with one of the elders that I can kind of learn from, talk from. And you realize like how much about, your character, how much of your personality is really kind of preordained in that kind of genetic makeup. And I'm sure, you know, other cultures and other people experience the same thing. Cause I have to believe there is a scientific methodology to it. And they call it epigenetics. I mean, there's a word for it. Your, your DNA has memory, but it's really cool. Like in, in having these conversations to realize like how much, you know, maybe wasn't learned was just kind of already like in your blood, so to speak. It's been a very cool phenomenon. That's really cool. Is there anything else that you want to like talk about, about being Iranian? I can ask you about affordable housing. 
<laughs> no, yeah, I, I would just bore you to death talk, talking about real estate. No, this has been absolutely lovely. Yeah, it was really fun because, like I said, I've been reading from the entrepreneur side, so it's nice to hear the background. And I was very surprised by a lot of things that you said. It's very inspiring. Layla, keep doing what you're doing, and definitely look me up here. And let's get let's get these kids together. For sure, for sure. And yeah, there's a new. I don't know if you know of Roya Restaurant. Have I haven't heard been to about Roya. that. No. Okay, so there, there's I go actually to the, a lot I go of... to the Shandies usually. That's kind of my kind of go-to. Okay, well, they've been doing pop-ups here in Austin. Cool. But apparently they're going to do like a Persian concept restaurant. And then I don't know if you've been to Nixta Taqueria. That's like a half Iranian no, place here. No, the... still will say in true Iranian fashion, the best Persian food in Austin is at my house. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> do you cook it? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I cook it. My wife cooks it. And I make a mean Sibzamini Tadiq. So if you ever want a good potato Tadiq, you come to the house and we'll be reluctantly generous. Oh, and what about your logo? Is that an Iranian theme? So it, it's funny. So it's actually called an infinity knot or an eternity knot. So the symbol is 5,000 years old. And we kind of resignified. There's several variations of an eternity knot. If you go to Wikipedia and you know type it in, you can see... So this is a variation that we kind of put together from a few others. But yes, it's seen in many different parts of, you know, ancient Iranian ruins. It's also seen in Chinese ruins, in the Incas and the Mayas. And so it's a symbol that is kind of transcended culture. And it's been found in, you know, in almost every major civilization for the past 5,000 years. And what it, mean, what it means is the marriage of divine wisdom and human measurement. So it's all made out of right angles. So kind of reminds us that that it comes from somewhere else. Wonderful. Well, it was really nice to talk to you. I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. You're super busy all over the place. And where's a good place for people to find you and keep up with you? You just recently wrote a book, I will say, The Gifts of Failure. It comes out September 27th. You have a podcast. You've joined. So Austin has become the podcast capital of the world. (laughs) So lots of podcasts here. I felt left out. I felt left out. I had to do it. Everybody has a podcast. So you've joined that Gifts of Failure. And then, yeah, where's the best place for people to find you? You can on Instagram, just at Rastigar. is probably the best way. I'm not too savvy with all that stuff. But if you find me on there, I assure you somebody on my team will let me know and I'll definitely get back with you. And you can find us at Rastigar. I mean, look, if you Google my name, if you type in Rastigar property or Ari Rastigar into Google, unfortunately, it's not that hard to find me. Yeah. And there's like articles coming out every week and Austin is continues to blow up and I can't wait to see what you do here in the future. Layla, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you. We'll keep in touch. And that is the end of the interview. Hope you enjoyed it. To get on our email list and be informed whenever we release new episodes, go to chaiandconversation.com with chai spelled C-H-A-I. There, you can also see our Persian language courses, including conversational Persian, reading and writing, and Persian poetry. And that's it for now. Until next time, this is Leila Shams of Learn Persian with Chayan Conversation. Conversation.